before they walk away, I try to say something meaningful to people that they can hang their hat on. Hate is louder than love, but love is stronger. It's stronger. You make a mistake, get up and keep going. I'm still here, baby. Yeah, I love you. This is what I'm talking about. Survey sack! You can't spell half the words I say. I've learned the majority of things I've learned off of a failure. Do you know the life that's waiting on you? Yeah, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a next level welcome to Steve Harvey. Oh boy. What y'all know about a supermodel? Fresh out of air magazine. My whole bottles. Look, pimp juice, I keep it running. One more time, how y'all doing? All right, cool, y'all sit down so everybody can see. Put them cameras down, cut them lights off, stop recording, learn yourself something. <laughs> Man, hey, first of all, let me say this. Uh, let me say thank y'all for inviting me. You know, uh, of all the wars I get, and this career I've had, I'm still humble when people invite me to speak, especially in a motivational capacity. I tell jokes. I made a lot of money <laughs> telling jokes, but I come to inspire today. Uh, now, before I get started, let me say something. Uh, I'm a Christian. but I'm an entry-level Christian. <laughs> I don't do advanced Christianity. I'm an entry-level Christian. If Christianity was on a scale of one to 10, I'm about a 2.5. <laughs> That's my walk with Christ. That's who I am with it. That's all I claim. You might be a better Christian than that. Congratulations. I ain't. You probably ain't either, but <laughs> what I'm saying is I've tried to do advanced Christianity and it don't work for me. See, if you slap me, you need to understand that I'm not turning the other cheek. <laughs> so before you slap me, you just know you finna get your ass knocked smooth out if you slap me. Now, once again, I threw that out there. I probably slipped a little bit early. I was talking to the CEO. I tell him, I can talk without cussing for 45 minutes, and then after that, I go into a little bit of a problem. So I've been working on that. God is changing me, and, uh, but he ain't through with me yet. 
So one got out early. I'm going to try not to let it happen again. I saw y'all tighten up a little bit. But you're going to be all right, though. It ain't the first time you heard it. Some of y'all probably said it. I'm just throwing it out there. So we're going we're gonna to fix that, man. Uh, man. You know, when I get invited to places like this, and the theme is next level, I'm a cool person to bring to the show. You know why? Because I've been at every level. I've been at all of them. See, you look at me now, you see what God has been working on for 34 years. My career is 34 years old. You seeing 34 years of God working with me. You miss the 30. <laughs> I'm 62. I know you can't believe it. I know you can't. This is, this is 62 and dripping. You know what I'm saying? This, this right here. <laughs> they, they don't even make this no more. This is this 62 right here. Oh, my God. I know you're sitting there saying, he's what? Yeah, 62 sexy years old. I'm talking about, man, I've been fly so long, I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm going to be fly till I die. I've uh, been through every level of life. I heard the, uh, your team leader that's been the team leader for two years, this fabulous young man. Who? Oh, well, I don't know him. hollering at me like he famous or something. Wing! Wing! Uh, I ain't never heard of Wayne till I, till I was backstage. Wayne! Wayne! <laughs> you know, that ain't Usain Bolt. That's Wing! 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 But I was really listening to this young man I met him backstage taking pictures. I didn't know he was what he was, but his, his story of how he used to, I was riding with the uh, CEO, Chris, from the airport. He was telling me this guy used to walk to work every day. And he made, and now he's a top team leader. So I can be late to wing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know him. But I can relate to him. I've, I've been at every level. He said something back there. He said, I come from comfortable beginnings. And I stopped because I was backstage pacing. And I heard on the screen, I come from comfortable beginnings. And I stopped because who, who in here black come from comfortable beginnings? <laughs> from comfortable beginnings. I come from the dirt. I come out of nothing. You looking at me today with all that I've accomplished because of faith. Now when I talk to you today, 
I'm going to sprinkle faith in here. Because I can't talk to you about success without telling you about faith. You think, look here now, you think for one minute you're going to make it without God, you tripping. You tripping, partner. You done lost your rabbit mind if you think that you're going to make it without God. Now, you can try it. You ain't going to make it. So when he said he comes from comfortable beginnings, I'm here to tell you mine was a bit different. My father was a coal miner. My father made $5 a day with five kids. I'm the youngest of five. I got two older brothers. Well, I had two older brothers. My oldest brother passed. I got two older sisters. My youngest brother had a birthday uh, October 1st. My youngest brother, 73 years old. I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> but I'm bowling. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. Sometimes I know this is supposed to be a serious thing, but the gift God gave me is comedy. I can't help it. It comes out. I've been in a lot of trouble with this gift. <laughs> so where I started from was my father making $5 a day. I come from nothing. I had a severe stuttering problem throughout school. I flunked out of school. I'm on my third marriage. I lost everything I ever owned twice. I've been homeless and lived in a car for three years. We talking about next level? I'm finna show you how to get there. See, the cool thing about me is, I ain't got nothing to sell you. I ain't got nothing for you. I'm just gonna tell you how you can get to the next level. Now, I've been debating on how I was gonna do this. But I thought the best way to go about this is just tell you my story. And in my story, maybe you can see some of yourself. Listen, man, anybody can be successful, but you got to understand something. It's hard. It's hard, man. You can take all the courses you want. It's hard. You can go down there to the church and hold your hands in a prayer circle. When you get through praying, it's going to be hard. You go to school, you can get all the degrees you want. When you get them degrees and you hang them on the wall, if you want to be successful, it's going to be hard. It's hard being successful. That's the first thing you need to understand. Come to these seminars and have these people come out here, talk to you about success and everything, come out here and they do a nice job of it. But then you go back and think you got it. It's hard. I don't even know the speaker's names, but all these people that was up here, it was hard. That lady had the red dress on to get to where she at. It's hard. It's hard. Understand that. It's hard, man. See, and I talk real. I ain't got no paper. I ain't got no presentation. You know, I, I got some pictures if you want to see them, but <laughs> I ain't really got them tied to nothing. Some, got some vacation pictures and you want to know what my life is, just follow, follow my wife on Instagram, because that doggone Marjorie be balling. That girl right there, that's my chick, though. 
That's my chick. She's my wife and my chick on the side. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I was telling you that I lived in a car for three years. In my 30s, I was homeless. I was homeless based off of a decision I made. October 8th, 1985, I walked in a comedy club for the very first time. Never been in a comedy club, but I had been writing jokes all my life. Two years, I was writing jokes for a dude taking my jokes, going to a comedy club. He was paying me $10 for it. I had never been to a comedy club, had never heard of a comedy club. I was writing for a buddy of mine named A.J. Jamal. He would pay me 10 bucks a joke. One day, I was writing some jokes for him, and I was over his house to drop him off, and this girl named Gladys Jacobs came over to the house, and she said, you the dude that's writing the jokes for A.J. Jamal? I said, yeah. She said, he the funniest dude at the comedy club. I said, at the what? <laughs> she said, he's the funniest dude at the comedy club. I'm 27. I've never heard of a comedy club. Now, all my life, I wanted to be on TV. Now, I'm going to tell you that story a little bit later. But I just said, man, at the comedy club, she said, you should come. She said, why don't you tell the jokes yourself? <laughs> really? <laughs> tell the jokes myself? She said, yeah. Now, I'm thinking, I said, man, this could be what I've been asking God my whole life. See, some of you in this spot. Well, you keep asking God, what do I do next? What's my next move? You know the hardest thing about your life? Trying to figure it out. Ain't that hard? <laughs> but do you know that you ain't supposed to do that? Do you know that God already designed you for a purpose in life? And if you would just simply ask God what it was, he could guide you to it. And the search for what I'm supposed to do would be over. But oh no, we so busy figuring it out. I got news for you. How to do something? The how-to is none of your business. That's what I never knew. So I was just wanting, man, to just be on TV since I was a little kid. And this girl said, come to the comedy club. So I go to the comedy club with her. She said, we're going to go Tuesday night. I want you to sign up to perform next week. And then I want you to see how I go first. I said, cool. So I went. I walked in the comedy club. I signed up for the following week. And I sit down. I didn't have no money back then. This girl named Gladys Jacob bought me some chicken wings and grapefruit juice. And uh, I was sitting there watching. It was supposed to be 10 dudes perform. Nine of them went up. Now, I ain't laughed all night. She said, you're not laughing at none of these jokes. You know why? Because what they were doing was my actual gift. It was the thing I've been doing my whole life. So... I wasn't laughing at their jokes because I knew everything they was going to say and I knew everything they should have said where the joke would have really been funny. So I'm just sitting there just a student, man. <laughs> so it got to the 10th guy and they called his name and nobody went up. And they called his name again. They said, well, it looks like number 10 isn't here. We're going to go to next week's list. Steve Harvey, come on up. I looked at that girl, 
Gladys, I said, this crazy. I said, is somebody in here got the same name I got? <laughs> she said, you really can't be this stupid. <laughs> she said, boy, that's you. And the audience clapped again, all white audience. I run up on stage, I ain't got nothing. First thing I say to the audience is, hey, I appreciate y'all clapping, but I ain't supposed to be here, I'm on next week's show. <laughs> they white, they laughed. <laughs> so I said, no, really, I ain't got nothing for y'all. So the girl Gladys yelled out, tell them about when you was boxing. So on the way down, I had told her this story about boxing. So I did the boxing joke. These, these people was in the flow laughing. So then, I ain't had nothing else, so I had wrote some jokes for my buddy A.J. Jamal that I hadn't sold to him yet. So I said, well, hell, let me try these. <laughs> so I did them jokes. They died laughing. They bought me off stage. They bought all 10 of us up on stage. They had a clap off. That night, I won the clap off. I won amateur night, October 8th, 1985. They paid me $50. I get in the car. I'm 40 minutes from my house. Gladys is driving me home. I'm crying the entire time. I can't stop crying. She said, what you crying for? It's just $50. <laughs> I said, no, you don't understand. This ain't $50. I've been born tonight. This ain't $50. This God answering a prayer of mine that I've been praying for 20 years. This ain't $50. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I went to work the next day, October 8th, 1985, and quit my job. I have done nothing since October 8th, 1985, except one thing. I've been telling these here jokes. That's all I've ever done. That gift that God gave me, you know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. It'll make room for you. See, if you're not doing your gift, you're wasting your time. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, see, but sales is a gift. That dude that keep winning team member of the year, from the comfortable background? <laughs> Wing. <laughs> Wayne is gifted. You probably gifted, probably just as gifted as Wayne. But what do Wayne do more than anybody else? I bet you, I bet you he outwork everybody. See, you get tight right now because you probably think, well, you know, I work. Yeah, yeah, you do. You can tell because it shows up. He might not outwork you, but maybe he smile more. He might not outwork you, but maybe, maybe he got away with people more. Maybe he's just a people person. See, all these is gifts. Your gift will make room for you. You got to identify your God-given gift. If you don't identify your gift, you're going to waste your time. Telling jokes is my gift. It's what I do. I don't even know y'all. Let me tell y'all something. I could, listen, if I want to, I could turn this into a comedy show 
I promise everybody in here be throwing up. If I want to. I've retired from stand-up. But do you understand who I am? Y'all must have forgot. I'm one of the original kings of comedy. I was a bad boy. <laughs> it's my gift. So even as a motivational speaker, I use my gift. Nothing's more boring than sitting up listening to somebody talk for 45 minutes and you ain't laughed in 45 minutes. <laughs> you, you ever snap your head back and you ain't know what you was? <laughs> you ever been in church? Now, how did I get to October the 8th? Let me tell you how I got there. 1968. Excuse me. Oh, you gonna take it? Okay, I'm happily married. Be fine, girl. <laughs> we were, I was telling you about your education a second ago. I heard somebody talk about the importance of education, and education is critical. You have to be educated, you have to be well read, you got to be well versed. There's no way around it. I'm going to make a statement. I don't know how it's going to fly in this room, but here I go. Education is not the most important thing in your life. It's not. I spoke at a school one time and I said that the principal of the school came up and had me removed from the stage. I was just trying to help his students. Education is not the most important thing. Do you know how many people I know with the education that ain't working? You know how many people I know with degrees ain't got no job? Do you know how many people I know with multiple degrees ain't making no money? The single most important thing in your life is your dream. It's your dream. It's what you dream about. It's in your Bible. It says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. It don't mention education in the Bible. The University of Jamaica is not in the Bible. Harvard is not in the Bible. The Bible says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. If you got no dream, if you got no vision, you're sunk, you're done.
I'm sorry. I'm just giving you the basics of how to be successful. This is how I got here. 1968, came off school off of a summer vacation. I'm 10 years old. The assignment the teacher had was, everybody in the school class, write your name on a piece of paper and what you want to be when you grow up. I wrote on my paper, I want to be on TV. That's what I wrote. That lady said, turn in your papers. She asked, she went around the room, called everybody's name up. You had to stand while she read your paper. She read off everybody's name. She saved me for last. She said, little Stevie, come to the front. I'm thinking, okay, this is it. I ain't never had a gold star in school in my life. I've never been recognized for academic achievements in my life. I've never got an award of any kind in my life. Here I come, <laughs> little Stevie coming to the front. But I was poor. I had to wear my brother's clothes to school because I didn't have a comfortable beginning. <laughs> I wasn't weaned. Weaned. Steve Harvey's coming to the front. I got a belt that's too big, it's tied around me twice. I'm skinny and I'm heading to the front. And I walk like this. They used to call me tater chip in school because I was shaped like a potato chip. And I walked up there and I'm standing in front of class. Now I told you a minute ago I had a severe stuttering problem in school. I could not talk outside of my house. I stuttered severely. I thought this woman was gonna give me a gold star because I figured nobody else in the class had wrote I want to be on TV but me. So mine must be the best answer of all of them. So I'm standing up there and that lady started in on me. She didn't call me up there to give me no gold star. She called me to the front to humiliate me. And that lady did me. She said, why did you put something like this on your paper? Now, you've called me to the front. You know I have a stuttering problem. You know I can't talk. So she started, why did you write this on your paper? I, 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 I. Who in your family ever been on TV? I, 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 I. Who in this school ever been on TV? Who in this neighborhood has ever been on television? I, I, I. She said, why would you write something like that on your paper? And look at you standing there, you can't even talk. <laughs> I was crushed. Why would you write that on your paper? You can't even talk. This is a teacher. You're supposed to be shaping and molding my mind. We pay you to educate. Why would you write something like that on your paper? You will never be on TV. Every Christmas, I send her a flat screen TV. Because I don't want her to miss me. I wanted her to see what God had done for me. The fact that they don't see the dream
The fact that they don't see what you can be has nothing to do with what God can do. Nothing at all. I don't care who you are, go cut your TV on. You cut your TV on seven days a week. That little black boy with the stuttering problem, he all over that TV. That little black boy messed around and became a TV star. She didn't see it. How many times have you shared a dream with somebody and they didn't see it? See, that's why the Bible says a man without a dream or vision shall perish because you can't make it without dreams and vision. If you're in this room and you're on a team, you know why uh, Wing is so successful? You know why? Because he set goals. I bet you, I bet you, he got, he got a target for what he's shooting at. He got a vision of where he's shooting at. He, when he won team member of the year, the first year, I bet he said, I'm going to do it again next year. I bet he did. I bet he did. Because guess what? If you see it, you can achieve it. You, if you don't have visions, you can't make it in this world. I don't care if you got on a lime green shirt. I don't care if you got on a black suit, a white t-shirt, or a pimping gold mohair. <laughs> Without dreams and visions, you can't make it. I'm going to give you two scriptures that changed my life. Now, I told you, I'm going to motivate you, but I can't without faith. I, I'm a grown man. I got it. I wish I knew what I knew back then. I was in the, who's the lady, the beautiful sister that's in the middle? That's the writer. Novia? That's a bad girl. What's her name? Novia? This a bad, this a bad sister right here. She was interviewing me today. I took extra time with her interview. You know why? And I hugged after the interview. I've been interviewing for 30 years. She said, thank you for your time, Mr. Harvey. I said, you know why I took so much time? Because you care. She care. She asked me stuff that was rich, real questions. Why? Why did you feel this way? Why did you do? I want Jamaica to know who you are. That, that sister right there was rich. But she doing her gift. She probably been writing and talking to people her whole life. Now all of a sudden, she interviewing Steve Harvey. Now I ain't saying I'm all that, but the Bible said, I'm just... The whole scripture says, your gift will make room for you and put you in the presence of great men. I'm going to give you something that changed my life. A very short scripture changed my life. I just found it uh, this year. <laughs> no, no, listen, for real. I've been saying it for years, 
but I just read it in the Bible this year. Because look, man, I don't fake the funk. My mama was a Sunday school teacher. I know a lot about the Bible. I just don't know what nothing is. I can give you five, six scriptures. That's all I know. But I know five, six good ones, though. Them five, six got me here today. I'm going to give you two of them right now. Probably give you three. You know the biggest scripture that changed my life is the smallest scripture? It's in James 4 and 2. You have not because you ask not. Uh-oh, listen to me. I can't even tell you how big that is. Look at me. This is the coldest thing I'm going to tell you today. You have not because you ask not. It's that simple. Most people don't have the life of their dreams because you ain't never asked God could you have it. You've been trying to do it yourself. You've been trying to figure it out for yourself how that's been working out for you. Kind of crazy, ain't it? I just told you earlier you can't figure it out. Ain't no scripture nowhere tell you to figure it out. What you trying to figure your life out for? It ain't yours. You ain't make it. You ain't the creator. You ain't got nothing to do with tomorrow. You can't change the past. So what you tripping with your life for? You have not because you ask not. Y'all ain't never asked God could you be rich. Most people ain't rich today because you ain't never asked God could you be rich. I asked God every day when I was homeless. At the lowest point of my life, I asked God every day could I be rich. You know why? Because I had had it up to here with being poor. I lived in a car, dog. I ain't had no backyard. I ain't had no TV, I ain't had no phone, I ain't got no bathroom, I ain't got no sink. I ask God every day, could I be rich? So I cut a deal with him. I told God, if you let me make it, when I get there, I'm a, every chance I get, I'm going to tell everybody it was you. Here I am, and it was him. It was him. Now you got another route you want to take, go ahead. See, the thing about having faith is you don't need nobody's permission. You don't have to take out a loan. You don't have to get accepted into the course. You can start your faith today. You can start your walk with God today. You ain't got to clear it with nobody. There's plenty of openings. He's available. All you got to do is go. I got rich, and I'm not bragging, but I'm just telling you, I got rich because I asked. She asked me today, she said, uh, is there anything about you that we don't know? I'll tell you, let me tell you how I did it. I was at the doctor's office the other day, and you know, they got a <coughs> on the medical form, they say, are you allergic to anything? And I didn't check no block. And, but the nurse always go over everything to make sure. She said, Mr. Harvey, are you allergic to anything? I said, yes. She said, you're just not checked in the block. I said, because y'all probably ain't got that in here. <laughs> she said, excuse me? Are you allergic to anything? I said, yes. She said, you didn't check the block. I said, because y'all ain't probably got that in here. She said, sir, we have every medication known to man in here. She said, what medication are you allergic to? I said, oh, I thought you just asked me why I'm allergic to something. I'm not allergic to medicine. She said, what you allergic to? I said, poverty. 
<laughs> you know how I found out I was allergic to poverty? I was sitting around one day and I was just itching. I didn't know what. I said, what the, the hell? I was just digging. I can't the, what is, Jesus, what is going on? I was just digging. I went to the doctor. They couldn't give me nothing. You don't have eczema. You don't have high blood. You don't have diabetes. And I found out what it was. I went to a seminar uh, when I was 23 years old, and the guy said, when you can't sleep at night, and you're struggling, and you can't make ends meet, it's probably because you're allergic to poverty. And I went, that's it. <laughs> I got to quit being poor. And do you know I ain't itch since? I was allergic to poverty. It's a real disease, man. A lot of y'all in here allergic to it, but you have other symptoms. Some of y'all don't itch. Some of y'all just cry for no reason. You ever been sitting up driving your car? You, ah! Ah! It's cause you poke. You ever open up your mailbox and see it stuffed with mail and you know 90% of them is bills and you start crying? It's cause you're poor. <laughs> you know, I like doing messages like this because I watch my audience because I'm a professional, so I watch my audience and it tells me where to go next. There's a dude in here that has not had one reaction to anything I've said today. I ain't touched this button yet, but I will. As soon as I hit that button, I'm gonna point right at him. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, I'm gonna give you the scripture. You have not, cause you ask not. It is an amazing scripture, man. If you would only ask, well, Steve, what do I ask for? Everything. You want a relationship with God where God is not only your king, he's your companion, he's your guide, he's your friend. You know how you can tell your friend anything? That's the relationship he's looking for. You ain't got to go to church to get that. You had that at your house. Sorry about that, Pastor. You probably had to go to his church to get, to get it, but you can have a relationship with God on your own. You, you got to have that, man. Listen to me. When, when you ask God for something, it's a very simple thing. You know how I acquired a lot of stuff was because of a second scripture I'm going to tell you about. See, you have not because you ask not. You got to start asking God for big stuff. Stop wasting God's time with all this little stuff. Lord, help me make my rent. Don't he always? You keep coming up with the rent. Lord, help me make my rent. You keep coming up with it. Has it ever occurred to you 
that maybe you should ask God for a mortgage. You ever thought of that? I mean, look, man, if God going to give you the money for rent and he rewards you to according to your faith, if you quit asking for rent and ask for mortgage, you don't think God got mortgage money? But you know why you don't ask God for the mortgage? Because you keep getting in the way. It says you have not because you ask not. But you say, well, I don't have a job that uh, dictates I would afford a mortgage. I don't make enough money. I got bad credit. You think God don't know that? He said, ask. You have not because you ask not. So you rule yourself out of the mortgage simply because you won't ask. Just go ahead and ask God for the house. You think God don't know you need a better job? Mess around and make you team member of the year. I bet Ween can get a house. <laughs> but see, you all in the way. You block your own blessing because you get in the way of the answer. God don't need you in the way, man. I'm telling you real. Just ask God for big stuff. Lord Jesus, help me get out of debt in seven years. What? <laughs> you told God to get you out of debt in seven years because you was watching TV and they got a DVD for $39.95? Get out of debt in seven years. Why would you ask God to get you out of debt in seven years? Who you think you're talking to? Ain't this the same God? that made heaven and earth in six days? Why would it take him seven years to get you out of debt? <laughs> Who you owe? <laughs> hey man, have you ever thought about it like this? I use humor to get people to trip. He made heaven and earth in six days. You need seven years from God to get you out of debt. <laughs> You're crazy. God do big stuff. Ask God for something big. Now, here's the second one. The next thing you need to do, Oprah been on TV for 30 years telling people about vision boards. If you don't have a vision board, if you don't have your dreams written down, that's the other reason you don't have it. I just gave you the two main reasons why people don't have the life of their dreams. Number one, you don't ask God for it. And number two, you won't write it down. It has to be written. This is not a theory of mine. Oh, here we go again. Here come that old 2.5 Christian. Told you I knew four or five scriptures. I think this is the third one. You have to write it down. It's a principle of success. Anybody can be successful. You just have to know the principles of success. See, I know the principles of success. I could stop and go start selling tomatoes, and I could go make a lot of money selling tomatoes. You know why? Because I know the principles of success. The second principle you need to know is you have to write it down. But that's the scripture, though. That's Habakkuk 2 and 2. Write the vision and make it plain so that he who reads it will run to it. And even though it tarry, wait for it. 
for surely it will come at an appointed time. I don't know but four five, but I know four five good ones don't. Everything I've ever dreamed and asked God for, I done wrote it down. Everything I ever had had come from a piece of paper. And everything extra I got come from his grace. I got stuff. He gave me stuff more than on the paper. But see, you ain't got no time for that, though. So here's the exercise I want all of you to do. I'm just telling you how to be successful. This is how I did it. I ain't, I ain't going to take no course. I don't have no I flunked out of school. I have no education. I got no education. You know, I did a uh, commercial for DeVry, I mean for uh, Strayer, Strayer University. I'm about to sign the deal, big deal. And the lady comes in the room, black lady, she's the head of marketing. She said, Mr. Harvey, before we sign this deal, I understand that you didn't complete your degree. I said, no, I flunked out of school. She said, well, I think it would be most effective if you would go back to school as a part of this deal We'll pay you the money we said, but we'd like for you to complete your education. It would send such a riveting message to everybody. I said, what, what, what is I'm going to school for? <laughs> what is I'm going to school for? <laughs> I know that lady wanted to say, ain't it obvious? <laughs> First of all, you stupid. I said, what is I'm going to school for? She said, to complete your education. I said, but, but what is I'm going to go for? She said, what is I'm going to go for? <laughs> that threw her in the side. Yeah, well, what is I'm going for? She said, to complete your ed education and send a message to people about being successful. <laughs> I looked at this lady, I said, Ma'am, I can't go back to school. She said, why? I said, because I'm too old. She said, you're never too old to get education. I said, but let me ask you this way. Why would I go back to school? Because what is I'm going for, you didn't understand that. So why would I go back to school? She said, to further your education. I said, why are all these people getting education? To have a better life. What course do you offer that's going to give me a better life than the one I got right now? Because <laughs> right now, I'm making a lot of money with these jokes, lady. And I don't see why I would stop telling these jokes to come and go to Strayer University. She said, well, if you don't go back to school, Mr. Harvey, we won't be doing the deal. So I got on button my suit up. She said, where are you going? I said, you just said if I don't go back to school, we ain't finna do the deal. Clearly, I'm not finna go back to school. <laughs> she said, why are you so insistent about not going back to school? I said, you have any idea how much money I'm making? Why would I stop doing that to go back to school? And then she made me mad. I just said, you know what, lady? She said, there are people with multiple degrees. <laughs> I said, let me, if you got one degree and it ain't working for you, why would you go get another one of them? <laughs> that little piece of hood logic was a little bit too much for her. People live wonderful lives with multiple degrees. Well, I'm not one of them. 
You've got to write everything down, y'all. It's an amazing thing. And let me tell you something else. Can I tell you something else? You do not have to change who you are to be successful. You have to change some things about you, but you don't have to change who you are. God created you very, very uniquely. I don't know if you all know this, but it's about how many people on earth? What's the number? About 7 billion? Listen to this. Do you know it's 7 billion people on earth? Ain't none of us got the same fingerprints. Who do that? Who can make 7 billion patterns and ain't none of them just alike? That's your God, your creator. That's how unique he made you. He made you so unique, you got your own set of fingerprints. It's probably been, I don't know, probably, I don't know, some billions of people that already died. I don't know. I'm just glad I ain't one of them. Billions of people have died. Guess what? Ain't none of them had the same fingerprint either. God made you uniquely you. See, I'm, I'm who I am. I don't use proper grammar. That ain't my thing. You know, when I got on a talk show at NBC, you know, they sent, a, uh, uh, sent this lady to work with me. What is it? The, a, a, a linguist? Yeah, that's my son right there. He, I got him college educated because I ain't. See, I got money. So everything I ain't, I hire who is. And so they hired this linguist to work with me. And she came in and set her books down in my office. I said, ma'am, who are you? She said, I'm your linguist coach. I said, oh, cool. I always wanted to make that kind of spaghetti. <laughs> so I didn't know. This is a true story. <laughs> this is not a joke. This is really a true story. I had no idea what this lady was talking about. So I'm sitting up there and she says, what is that? She said, I'm here because NBC feels if you want to be successful in daytime television, you have to speak more eloquently. So I'm here to work with your grammar. I said, oh, I ain't finna do all that. She said, excuse me? I said, I ain't finna do all that. She said, could you say that slowly for me? I said, I ain't finna do all that. Lat, L-A-T, I ain't finna do all that. She said, that's exactly why I'm here. I said, ma'am, what is you talking to me about this for? She said, because your grandma won't sustain a television show on daytime TV. And so I'm here to help you become more grammatically correct. Uh, I said, oh, ma'am, you wasting your time. I ain't even bothered with all that. She said, excuse me? I said, I ain't really bothered with all that. <laughs> she said, could you say that for me slowly? Sure can. I ain't really, huh? I ain't really about all that, and I ain't with it. <laughs> she said, oh, my God. This is worse than I thought. <laughs> now, I'm enjoying myself. 
because I'm really, really not fitting to do this class with you. I promise you I'm not. Oh, this white lady. Woo! Mr. Harvey. Oh, that's cute. Stomping don't really scare me. I've been shot before. That don't really. <laughs> Mr. Harvey. Woo! <laughs> I tried to act surprised. Mr. Harvey. Woo! <laughs> tried to just give her something. She said, you have got to stop this. You have got to speak more grammatically correct to be a success. I said, to be a success, I got to speak more correct. I said, let me ask you something. Which one of these sound best to you? I am broke or I'm is rich? Because, lady, I'm is rich, and there ain't nothing you can do about that. And I don't know how successful you want me to be. I, uh, they got this clock right here, so I'm going to try to stay close to time. Of course, ain't nobody else did they time. <laughs> Everybody else went long. But see, I'm a professional, so I looks down at the clock. But I'm going to try to tell you something that's really important here. A lot of you are young in this room. I want to teach you something that I learned that changed my life also. Everything that changed my life came from God. I just got to keep talking to you like that, you understand? But I'm a real dude, though. I'm not a fake person. I am an imperfect soldier for Christ. That's what I am. Key word, imperfect. Because I know I still do some things that ain't, you know what I'm saying? I smoke cigars, I gamble, I shoot dice, you know. Dice, craps, hustle. I, uh, I still see women as beautiful. I don't do nothing about it. I just see you now. Now, 20 years ago, Lord Jesus. But I have learned even how to see beautiful women and be spiritual about it. Because, you know, out in Hollywood now, this Me Too movement, this real. They, they taking careers out here. So when I take pictures, I've been taking pictures all over the place in Jamaica. You see me taking pictures, you see all my fingers. Oh, I had a woman all up under me last night, hand on my chest, you go ahead. <laughs> I ain't got nothing for you, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't mess with this. But I found how to be spiritual, so now this is how I do it. Whenever I'm walking and I see a beautiful woman, I have found a way to get it out my chest but stay spiritual. So when I walk by and I see her, I go, Jesus.
praise the Lord. Because my wife, man, is like the chick of my dreams, man. You know, I told you I've been married twice. I've been through it. When God gave me this chick right here, whew, he saved my life, man. He saved my life. I tell dudes all the time, you could be a successful man without a woman, but you'll never be great without one. You can be successful. Oh, you can sign a record deal. You can sign a basketball contract. You can get a promotion. You can open a company. Can't be great without a girl, man. You got to have a woman. It's just they do so many things. They do so many things we don't do. Women are amazing, man. Seriously. No, listen to me, fellas. Listen to me. For real. When you have a wife that's the right one, that's a powerful chick. She look out for you. She cover you. Where you going? I said, I'm going, sir. Look at your elbows. I, I can't see my elbows. What is you talking about? Look at your elbows. How? Put some lotion on, Steve. If I didn't have her, I'd be out somewhere. Then I turn around. Next thing I know, I'm on TMZ. Stevie, Steve Harvey, them ash-ass elbows. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, see, I've been up here 45 minutes. I told you. So, that, sorry about that. Sometimes, that wasn't that bad, though, was it? Yeah. Y'all have heard that. I, didn't mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way. I respect your company and all that you're doing. But, you know, but let's be real, too. This ain't church. Let's just stop. <laughs> this is really a ballroom at a convention center. Y'all ain't put a cross up or nothing. Did y'all open this up with a devotion? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> I, I tried to find a loophole. <laughs> Did y'all open it with a devotion? Yes. Oh, okay. My bad. Real, real Christians in here. <laughs> what was I getting ready to talk about? Oh, I'm going to tell y'all something really wonderful, man. Albert Einstein has a quote that changed my life. I'm going to give it to you. Because this is for everybody in this room. Because it's something that we all have and you may have never understood it. Albert Einstein said, Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. I want you to listen to me now, because this, this, this gonna be my last thing. But this is so good, man. If you can get this right here, this can change it for you. Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. You know what that means? That means everything you see in this world came from somebody's imagination. Everything. Somebody was talking on the phone one day and it was connected to the wall. And they was walking, they went, man, I sure wish this phone would go outside. Everybody in here got a cell phone. Somebody was sitting there going, man, woo! -hoo! 
we ought to go up there to that moon. They go up to the moon so many times now, they don't even tell us when they're going no more. <laughs> the Wright brothers said, man, I want to fly like a bird. They laughed them out to gym. I flew over here on one of the birds. Matter of fact, you can't get here unless you come on the bird. I guess they got boats that come over here, but ain't nobody finna come to Jamaica take a week. <laughs> and if all y'all left Jamaica, you'd have been on an airplane. Somebody imagine that. Imagination is everything. See, you've been thinking all this time that your imagination was just some hocus pocus. It ain't. It ain't. I'm finna teach you something now. I want you to hear me on this one. Because this is the most powerful thing that I can tell you today. Albert Einstein had that quote, but Albert Einstein took that quote out the Bible. Oh, man. Oh, this cold. See, I started listening to some big boys that were spiritual, that had got money, because I knew I was going to have to be both, because I didn't want to be no hustler with money or nothing like that. I wanted to be a legit businessman but I wanted to have money. There's nothing wrong with having money. I don't know who you've been talking to that's been telling you all these sayings about money. Money, money is the root of all evil. Money, money can't buy your happiness. Well, okay, money can't buy your happiness, but I tell you what though, it'll park you right in front of Happy's house. <laughs> you can at least see if he home. <laughs> this this thing about your imagination your imagination is actually real see listen to me Albert Einstein took the second half of my mother's favorite scripture my mother's favorite scripture is and you've all heard it faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Oh, I'm in front of the right crowd now. I usually tell that to people, they be going, what, where's that? <laughs> Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know what that means? It just means really that the pure essence of faith, it ain't nothing but hope. That's why you hear people keep hope alive. Because if you keep hope alive, there's a chance it can resonate in the faith. Let me show you how this works. You mean when you was little and you was hoping you got a bike for Christmas and you went downstairs and it was a bike under the Christmas tree? You was hoping. Remember that time you hoped you graduated from high school and you messed around and got a diploma? Then remember you hoped you got a job? Ain't all y'all working? At one point in time, you're going to have to get smart now, people. All that hoping... After you become an adult, it shouldn't be hope no more. This ought to start turning into some faith. You got to go, man, I done hoped hard enough and God gave it to me. What's the matter with calling it faith? Quit hoping, man. Turn it into faith. Faith is the belief in things that you cannot see. You got to ask God for something. Remember I told you, write it down. Ask for something from God. You don't know how in the world you're going to get it. That's what ought to be on your vision board. Don't put a bunch of stuff on there you can get. Here go my vision board. Uh, I hope I can make it to the end of that stage over there. Put that on your vision board. What is I'm doing that for? What is I'm hoping? I got to do is walk over there. 
Why is that on the vision board? You know what's on my vision board? Things I have no idea how I'm going to get. I got $3 billion on my vision board. So why you got $3 billion on that? Because that's how much I want. Why $3 billion? I don't know, more than one. <laughs> what you going to do with $3 billion? I have no idea. But when I get it, you will know I have it. Somebody said, Steve, how are we going to know you're a billionaire? Because when you cut your TV on, you ain't going to see me on it no more. <laughs> That's how. Because I'm out. Look, man, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now check this out. The second half of that scripture. And the evidence of things not seen. Here go the lesson. Your imagination is the evidence of things not seen. You know why it's the evidence of things not seen? Because your imagination, you're the only one can see it. Nobody can see your imagination but you. But God places what he has for you in your imagination. Your imagination, remember I told you that Einstein's theory was imagination is everything, it's to preview the life's coming attraction. Your imagination is a preview of a coming attraction God has for you. That's what your imagination is. That's what it's been this whole time. All them times you've been imagining being rich, that wasn't just up there. God put it in your head because that's what he got for you. That big house you keep wanting, God put it in your head because that's what God got for you. That promotion on the job you keep imagining, that's what God put in your head because that's what he got for you. When you keep dreaming of taking a summer vacation somewhere, that's because that's what God got for you. When you dream of retiring one day, having retirement income, it's in your imagination because God put it there because that's a coming attraction that God has for you. That's what your imagination is. You've been tripping. See, why it's so quiet in here now? Why? Did you realize you've been tripping? You know how many times you done wrote your imagination off? You know the danger about your imagination? You tell it to the wrong people. That's the danger. You want to kill a big dream? Tell it to a small-minded person. Boy, they'll shoot it down every time, won't they? You know how many wonderful ideas you've had. Stuff that God gave to you, you thought was, man, this is it. You went in there to your friends and your family, and you shared it with them, and they shot it down. You know why they shot it down? Because they ain't see it. You know why they ain't see it? Because God ain't give it to them. Because he put it in your imagination. If he'd have wanted them to imagine it, he'd have put it in their head. That's why people can't see what you're going to be. That's why they teach you. That teacher mind, look at you. You're standing there. You can't even talk. How they going to put somebody like you on TV? Well, lady, what you didn't know was I wasn't going to stutter forever. You didn't know God was going to get me over the stuttering, did you? You didn't see it. Because nobody else from 112th Street ever been on TV. You ain't think I'd be the first. You know why? Because you ain't see it. But God didn't put me being on TV in her head. He put, it in my, he put it in my head. I was just dumb enough 
to think it could happen. When you going to get dumb enough to think that your imagination is real? If I was you, I'd hurry up and get that stupid. I really would. But some of y'all are so smart. You got so many degrees. You can run so fast. Oh, you, you, I'm going to be Usain Bolt. No, you're not. The chances of you being Usain Bolt? Well, and, and quit imagining stuff that really ain't real. Now, let's hold up. Because in that same class, my best friend Lonnie Cotton wrote on the paper at 10, he wanted to be a doctor. I knew at 10, this was an impossibility. <laughs> Lonnie can't even read. <laughs> when we in the reading group, he started a fight so he can get thrown out to the principal's office. Lonnie can't read. What doctor you know can't read? I knew Lonnie wasn't going to be no doctor when he said that. I knew he was just writing stuff on the paper. But if you, what you want to write on your paper is what you gifted at. What are you gifted at? What is the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort? That's your gift. That's what ought to be on paper. God has been using your imagination to show you your gift. Now this probably, I probably shouldn't say this in here, but I'm probably saying like, y'all, I ain't probably ever coming back no way, so whatever. <laughs> you know. I'm pretty sure I done said something to offend somebody today. I know I do because I talk like this. Just me talking as open as I do. So I ain't got no paper. I ain't got nothing. I talk from my heart. I, I told Pastor, we was talking the other day. They asked me last night. They came over to meet with me. I didn't know he was a pastor or nothing. I'm outside, had a cigar and a drink. The pastor came over, nice guy. And the lady said, what are you going to talk about tomorrow? I said, I don't know. She said, you do know the speech is tomorrow at 12. It's 8.30. I got a cigar. And uh, it's I don't know what I'm going to talk about. She said, how do you make preparations? I said, before I walk out, and I told her. I said, I pray. I ask God what to go tell the people. I come out here without the paper. And I tell you what God told me to tell you. Now I told you before I started talking that I'm an entry-level Christian. That's just in case I slip up and say ass or something. <laughs> I told y'all that before I started. I opened it up. With, didn't I say that? Because I know once I get to flowing, I, don't, I can't watch what I'm doing. I'm just going to talk like I talk. You know, I, I've been put off a lot of stuff. Like I said a minute ago, I'm probably not coming back. <laughs> I don't appreciate him talking about the Lord that much. Well, okay, well, don't have me back. I didn't like the jokes. We're here for motivation. I didn't like the jokes. Well, okay, whatever. I'm telling you, somebody going to find something wrong with it. Somebody always finds something wrong with what you're doing, even if it's okay. Somebody always. Man, don't you know I'm used to that? Go on social media right now. They dogging me about something. But you know what? It don't matter what they say, because what they say don't matter. 
Who is these people talking about me? Don't none of them people that's talking about me ever met me. They thumb gangsters. Sitting up somewhere in their little broke ass life, sitting up somewhere. All you got is a cell phone. They did an article on me one time talking about Steve Harvey buys expensive cars. I told you I used to live in the car for three years. That don't make no sense to you? Y'all buy expensive cars. Why you buy expensive cars? Because I used to live in one. What does that have to do? I say, because if all this go away, I'm living in that Rolls Royce right there. <laughs> still have a hood mentality. You remember I told you a minute ago, don't try to change yourself because you ain't got to change. You know God going to work with you just the way you are. Somebody say, well, if you're going to mention God, you need to stop all these jokes. That's what I do. I tell jokes. I tell jokes for a living. How much money I done made telling jokes? I told the dude when he hired me. I use humor because I hold people's attention with humor. See, Bill Cosby told me, okay, probably shouldn't have said that. Man. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get another mentor. I'm going to have to start using other people as examples. <laughs> Somebody interviewed me one time. Saw a picture with me and Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby got my sons in Morehouse. This lady said, you're still friends. How could you be friends with Bill Cosby? I said, because we was friends. How could you be friends with a man like that? I ain't know none of this. What is you talking to me for? I got the news when you got the news. <laughs> never saying nothing to me about this. I had never heard of this. Well, are you still friends with him? I said, yeah. I find that despicable. I stopped and I said, man, can I ask you something? You ain't got no friends ever done something real messed up? My brother did something real messed up one time. He's still my brother. Still went out there to see him. I got friends that done something messed up. I got pardoned in jail doing three life sentences. I still holler at him. He called me the other day. I, you know, I'm waiting on him. You have a collect call from State Penitentiary. I didn't hear that. Steve, what's up? I said, man, what's happening? Man, it's me, dog. I said, man, what's happening? You out? He said, no. I said, what you calling me on? I got a cell phone, click. <laughs> I got to hang this phone up. Because when they find that cell phone, they can't trace numbers and all of a sudden Steve Harvey numbers show up. I can't talk to this fool in here doing three life sentences with no damn cell phone. I had to change my number. Man, you got to be crazy. You can't call me. You're doing three life sentences. I 
I'm famous. I can't be talking to you. Then he gonna call my other partner, man. I can't believe Steve hung up on me. What is it that you can't believe? So yeah, Bill Cosby was still my friend, but he taught me something. He said, Steve, when you have the ability to make people laugh, you have their undivided attention. He said, once you have their undivided attention, you can slide them messages. But you got to be smart with the messages you slide. So I decided once I got out of comedy, what message could I slide them and still do my comedy? What better message than faith and hope? While you sitting in this room trying to get to the next level, listen to me. There will be no more levels for you unless you get to the next level of your faith. There ain't no more levels for you, partner. You where you at. But listen to me. Quit. You know why I didn't want to be a person of faith? Because I was afraid that God was going to have me doing something that I didn't want to do. You know, I didn't want to go knocking on doors. Jesus loves you. People hiding behind couches, treating me like I'm a Jehovah Witness. You know how they do. Ding dong. Oh. I got the beating of my life. My mama said it's Saturday morning between 10 and 2. Now, you know they come by and ring the doorbell? Don't go to that door. 12 o'clock. Ding dong. Hello? Is your mama here? Wait a minute. Mama, it's the people at the door. Didn't I tell your black ass not to go to that door? What is you going to the door for? Who is at the door? Them people with them Bibles? Pow! I'm not here, and I told you not to tell nobody I was here. <laughs> My mama say she not here. <laughs> Boy, that's so stupid. So I was afraid of becoming an outward man of faith because I didn't want God to make me do something that he wanted me to do. I don't want to be no Bible-thumping preacher. I ain't no holy roller. I ain't want to be no person when I walked in the room, everybody turned around. I don't want to get on nobody's nerves like some of y'all. <laughs> you ever call somebody's house and they got that answer machine with the whole book of John on it? You ever call somebody's answer machine Dearly beloved, you know, God loveth you and haveth hither not. Whenceforth thine own heart be true, knowing that Jesus loveth, crucified in the holy name, blood of the Lamb, washed in his beckoning power, knowing that he is essential to your life, blood of your loving, lasting Father, all these Christ and holy, henceforth and furthermore, asking all of these things with your righteous blood in your hand of him, knowing that all things is possible through Christ that loved the Lord, realizing that nothing comes with 
without his strength. All things are possible with him to strengthen me. In Jesus' name, amen. Doot, that sound of the tone, leave a message. Dog, I just called to say hi. Them people like that, I ain't want to be one of them. But you know the real reason I had to tell the truth about it? You know the real reason I was afraid to just go on and go over to God? You know why a real reason? Because I wanted to keep doing some of the things I was doing. Uh-oh. I didn't want to stop doing some of the things I was doing. Wasn't so much I was worried the truth about what he wanted me to do. I just really didn't want to stop doing what I was doing. Because I thought I was Lil Duval. I thought I was living my best life. And I wasn't. Best decision I made was just say, hey God, what you want me to do? So look, I'm still telling jokes. I've been out here telling jokes. I just slid it in to you. I know this is a motivational conference. I know you want to hear about some book you can go buy and read. You already got the book. It's at your house. It's the one with the dust on it. <laughs> it's the one with everybody's birthday in it. Everybody got married. Do you know everything you need to know about success is in there? Every self-help book today is written off the principles that's in the Bible. Now, is it good to buy these other books? Yes, it is. But if you got a Bible, it's in there. But, but, if you, but you have not, because you ask not, faith without works is dead. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Write the vision and make it plain. I gave you four right there that changed your life. But if you want a Bible that's based on the Bible, go buy this book called The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. Oh, trip. Trip out the magic of thinking big. If I went down this road right here and I said, what kind of car you want? And they reached around and went along. And then at the end of it, I handed each one the key to what they asked for. Suppose one of them said a new Jetta. I gave them the key. Suppose one of them said a new Lexus. I gave them the key. Suppose one of them said a new Mercedes. I gave them the key. Suppose one of them said a new Rolls Royce and I gave them the key. Now they would all be happy with their car until they thought about it. Because them other three that didn't ask for the Rolls Royce could have said, because even if you don't keep the Rolls Royce, if you sell it, that's 400,000 US. I don't know what that is over here. That's like 789 billion. <laughs> Okay, that reminds me, the first time I came to Jamaica, I was performing at Sandals a long time ago. This is a true story. I'd never been out the country in my life. I was 29 years old. I got off the plane, and I saw money exchange. And I didn't have no Jamaica currency. So I went up there, I stood in line, and I pulled out $100. I only had $300. I'm over here for a week with $300, but I'm performing, I'm make money. So I had to do $100. And he gave me like 1500 or something like that. Gave me 1500 And I walked off and I was counting. <laughs> now, I don't know nothing about foreign exchange. 
I went, oh, snap. <laughs> and I looked at the dude and he went, yeah, I'm I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got right back in line. <laughs> oh, we running game. I'm with you. <laughs> I got up there again. I slid him another hundred. He gave me 15 more. I went. My man. I thought about it. I said, man, you're going to get in trouble. I said, man, skip that. I got one more hundred. <laughs> I went and got in line. He gave me 1,500 again. I said, man, this dude, my man. If I had some more, boy, 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 yeah. We get in the van. We landed in Kingston. We got to drive to Montego Bay. I ain't know how far that was. <laughs> That's on the other side. So at the halfway point, they stopped at this jerk chicken place. I'd never had none of that, nothing. So I get out the van. I'm with all these white people, so I'm trying to, you know, be first because I don't like to stand behind them because I don't, you know, slavery's over. You know. <laughs> and so I get up there and I'm standing in line and I said, man, I got all this money. Woo! I'm finna start balling. <laughs> so I sat up there and I saw the first thing I looked at was a drink called Ting. <laughs> and I said, well, hell, that's how I feel. <laughs> Ting! $100, $1,500, ting. I say, give me two tings. He said, yeah, man, what else would you like? I say, hey, man, mm, give me two of them jerk chicken sandwiches. Uh, how much further we got? About another hour, man. Yeah, give me three jerk chicken sandwiches, dog, and give me one more ting. He bagged it up. I'm standing there. I said, okay, man, how much? He said, that'll be $875. Boy, I was so hurt. I wanted to give two of them jerk chicken sandwiches back so bad. That's a true story, man. That really happened to me. Hey, listen. I've told you a lot of things. I hope you grasp some of it. I want you to know that I was really honored to be here. It means a lot to me when people sit as attentive as a group as you did and listen to my words. I hope I've encouraged you. I hope I've reminded you of some things. I hope I've shared some light. I hope that you all live the life of your dreams because it's possible. God is in the make your dream come true business. I told you what he did for me. What he did for me, he will surely do for you. I love Jamaica. I think Jamaica's the bomb. Here's what I'm going to say. I told it to the CFO or the COO. My man, I talked to him, so Chris, you here. 
this is the deal I'm going to put out there. I think it should be a government-private equity venture. I think that the government, the tourism board, should get together with some private sector fund. I would like to come here. I bought the international rights to do family feud in Africa. I start uh, taping Family Feud in Africa on November the 11th. We should all be happy about that. We all Africans, we just got, we all Africans, we just got dropped off at a different stop, that's all. And uh, I was just tripping and I said, man, I should do Family Feud in Jamaica. <laughs> so, I'm a businessman, and so there's some pretty sharp people here. I heard this gentleman speaking today. He's pretty powerful. Chris, that guy, I know who's here. Plus, they sitting on sofas. If you own a sofa, that right there is, I don't know what them tickets cost, but them sofa tickets. Mm -mm. See, sofa tickets way different from fold-away chair tickets. I don't know. How, how y'all get that sofa in the middle right there? Who is y'all? Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> I be forgetting. Hey, y'all, I ain't lying. I be forgetting. Who is y'all? Who, who are you all? Huh? Mm. Something, something wrong with her? That special section. Do I need to know something? Anyway, I had just noticed that, so it's enough people in this room that we can start those conversations. Um, also, one other thing on a philanthropic note, my foundation used to adopt 10 schools here in Jamaica, and the lady that uh, my foundation used to help got another position. She told the lady last night that I, she told you, did she tell you, Marcia, that she used to do the foundation but she left to another position? You, did you tell me that? What, so whoever's in charge of that, I want to do that for Jamaica. I want to get those schools back. I'm just saying that because, not for round of applause, but you know, God, God will let you make good if you do good. So I just try to always, now I'm trying to make some paper now. Understand that. Family Feud, you're going to pay me. I'm not coming down here for free. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't what I'm talking about. I hope you understand that. That's why I was, I was talking to money people. Not, I talking just to people on the couch. It's, it, that's a business play. But at the same time, it kind of bothered me that I lost contact with that lady and she couldn't take the funds anymore. We was putting computers in schools. I, I've put an athletic department in one school, basketball rim, cricket gloves, cricket bats. I don't even know what cricket is. Uh, bought the whole team soccer shoes, bought a, all this equipment. And we were putting computers in and we had two schools up in the mountains. And I went up in the mountains, and the little girls came out, Steve Harvey, this is a long time ago. Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. I said, yeah, I'm here, I'm gonna put 
three computers in your school, the little girl pulled me to the side and said, I don't want a computer, Mr. Harvey. I said, what do you want? She said, could you put a bathroom in our school? Because she didn't like going in the woods. The little girls don't want to go in the woods. You know, it messed me up, man. Now, I'm from America. If we got some problems over there, but you can go to the bathroom, dog. And it hurt me. And so I ended up putting two toilets and, and the computers up there. And so, and, but we lost contact with the lady. So whoever that is, let me know. And I'll have my foundation director come back and get that started. I'm going to do some good. But after that, don't clap for that. Clap for if they pay me to come here and do Family Feud. Hey, I love y'all. Thank y'all very much. Mr. Harvey, we have a special surprise for you. Please turn around and look at the screen. Well, Mr. Harvey, I'm sorry I'm not going to be here to actually get the opportunity to meet you. Um, I look forward to maybe another opportunity to get a chance to meet you, but I decided to you know what? I'm going to sign a spike, leave it for you um, out here. If you like it, one of the spikes that I actually worked out and that I'll just keep it for myself. So I just decided to pass it on. So continue doing great things. Enjoy watching your work. And big up. Are you Jamaica? <laughs> That's a bad boy right there. I've been pulling for him for years. I didn't care what nobody said. I wanted him to win. I didn't care nothing. I'm from America, but I already knew. You can be from America all you want. You ain't finna be his ass. This, the black streak. I mean, he was roasting him. I met him in the airport. We got to do it. I'm sorry. Oh, you bought the shoe? You tell you saying, I'm going to put the shoes on. I'm going to go out on the track. I'm going to run 100 in about 15 nine. <laughs> Thank you. They say I got to do a Q&A. Seven questions, okay, I'm here. Y'all sit back down. Hi Steve, my question to you is, what advice would you give to a teen that's struggling to choose a career path? All right. What? Hi, Hi Steve, my question to you is, what advice would you give to a teen that's struggling to choose a career path? All right. Advice, what advice would you give to a teen who is struggling to choose her career path? See, first of all, as a teenager, you don't have to know your career path right now. You don't even know who you are right now. It's hard 
most people don't know who they're going to be as a teenager. You got to live some life. You know how many people got degrees never work in that degree because they found out they wanted something else? It's not important as a teenager that you know your path in life. What you want to do is build the fundamentals as a teenager. Like I said when I first came out here, you got to be well-read. You got to be well-traveled. You should be well-dressed. It's things you should work on, man, to get yourself in a position so when it is revealed to you what your purpose and mission is in life, you'll be prepared for it. That's what I think. If you, if you, What's up, man? If you have a question, please raise your hand and we'll throw you the mic. This is the disorganized part of the show, folks. Just people just talking. I don't know where nobody at. Just raise your hand and we'll throw you the mic. Hold on. Hi, Mr. Harvey. Behind you. Well, to your right, to your left now. Hey, what I'm not finna do is talk to some ignorant person that don't know they right or they left. Behind you. Where you think behind me is? Yes, ma'am. All right, so I heard you mention that you'll be adopting 10 schools in Jamaica. So I'd like to take this opportunity to make the first suggestion. Jamaica is the home of the only mainstream. What? Jamaica is the home of the only mainstream primary school that integrates children with disability. That's the Hope Valley Experimental okay, School. I'll make y'all the first school. Pardon? I'll make y'all the first school. Thank you. That's easy. Thank you. That's you didn't even have to say that. I'll do it. <laughs> that ain't nothing. How much y'all want? Watch this. <laughs> Watch the principal this. Watch is this. Mr. Grant. Huh? The principal, his name is Mr. Grant. I can make contact for Did you. Did she hear the question? My son is a pastor. Didn't I just ask her how much she want? See, this was somebody talking that don't pull. This just somebody over here. How about here just... five million? Huh? Jamaican. Five million Jamaican. What is that U.S.? No, no, I need U.S. numbers, don't. Five million, you finna shut the foundation down. Okay, 50,000 U.S. What is five million U.S.? How much? 40,000? Okay. Over, over, I, I can do that over, over a span. I can't just get it at one shot, but I'll spread that out for you. Yes. Good afternoon. I'm actually overcoming. What is that box y'all keep holding? It's a mic. That's a mic? I'm actually overcoming. I keep going, who is all these ignorant people hey. talking hey. into this box? <laughs> Steve, I was just going. That's pretty slick. Go ahead. All right, I'm actually overcoming a fear that I have. All right, two, two questions that I have. One, you said, uh, Ask, we have not because we ask not. My first question is, can I have a picture with you? That's one. Two, I'm not sure if you get nervous before you come on stage to talk to the public. If you, if you do, tell me how do you overcome that? Your know, answer to the first question, sometimes uh, the answer is no. And uh, <laughs> the Lord decides that. So if it's God's will, we'll take a picture together. Was that a good Christian answer, Pastor? 
I tried to because I was going to say something else, but I'm trying to go to heaven. Uh, you know, I still get very nervous when I walk out. I was nervous before I came out here because you're nervous because of uh, an anticipation. You want to do well in front of people. And standing up speaking publicly is a very, very challenging thing. But what I do is I have points before I come out. I take deep breaths because the number one reason you get butterflies is because the oxygen has left your body. So them butterflies is ferocious down there. So I take deep breaths, and when it's time to go, I'm nervous. I, I when I walked out here, I was nervous. I don't know y'all. I don't know how y'all gonna receive me, but I come out with a confidence, you know. And I, I open with humor because I know how to do that. I use humor. You probably not funny, so <laughs> you walk out there, you on your own. It's just deaf. And but I have a gift, so I use my gift first to break the ice. And then I try to go. It took me a minute to warm up, but I do. But the, the best thing to do is face your fear. The fear only gets bigger if you don't turn around. Like if you hear noise behind you, <sighs> if you turn right around, it's probably just your brother breathing. But if you don't ever turn around, <sighs> in your mind, by the time you turn around, it's Godzilla back there. So... The, the sooner you face your fear, the better you have a chance of addressing it. So you just have to go. Everybody's afraid. Everybody. Nervousness is part of the game. What do you do? Michelle, you need to get them around. You ain't got the box. <laughs> How old are you? I am 26. 26? Yes, I am. Really? You, you met my son? Stop all this struggling. <laughs> Get you to come up right now. <laughs> Get you a man already rich. You ain't got to go through nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just joking. All right. Next. Mr. Harvey, good afternoon, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm a contestant of the Rising Star, Digital Rising Star 2019. What? I'm a contestant of the Digital Rising Star 2019. All right, so it's a competition like The Voice. Hold on, hold on, hold on. However, the question that I've been asking... Wait, hold on, hold on. Little dude, I'm from Cleveland. You got to slow this Jamaica thing down. Now, they, everybody else might under All I heard was, yeah, you got the phone, you got the phone, you That's all I heard. I didn't hear nothing else you said, dog. Just talk slow. Look at, look at me. Let me look at your lips. All right, so I'm a singer, right? And so I've been asking other persons like you, what? sir. Um, oh, he's a singer. Singer, yes, sir. Oh. And so I would like to know how um, is it that you hold composure on stage or being humble or remain humble as a comedian? How do I keep my composure on stage? Yes, sir. Well, see, if I say I'm funny and I walk out here and I'm funny, I'm completing the task. Now, you a singer, but you can't hold your composure. Can you sing? Well, that's really the deal. If you say you're a singer, but you really can't sing, and you come out here and fall apart, maybe you can't sing. See, I'm not discouraging nobody. I'm just, is that what you really do? See, like, I can't be a politician, because at the debate, I'm going to cuss. All right, so ain't no need of me going down there.
Come here, dude. Yeah. Go go round there. Fitting to find out. Yeah. What's your name, young man? KC. KC. Oh, like KC in the Sunshine Band. Well, what, what, how old are you? I'm 20 years of age. Oh, yeah, that's young. That's good. So, can you sing? You want to sing something now? Sure. Okay, what you going to sing? The Manhattan's Kiss and Say Goodbye. The Manhattan's? That old ass song you going to sing? Damn. You know that song. Well, that song was out before you was born. Oh, you got, let me see your mic. Chess, chess. Let's, let's chess. Let's, let's chess. Let's, let's chess kid. Yeah. All right, man, just sing, just sing a verse and a half. Huh? Just, oh, you want me to repeat? I speak English. <laughs> Sit up and talk to me like I'm the one with the. You the one, don't nobody understand. A better half, repeat. Just saying like a, a verse and a, like just saying two verses. If it's going good, we'll wait for the second. Let's just, just saying one verse, see right. how it go. All right, go ahead. What, what's I, your name? Trying to introduce you, boy. Turn this in. Tell me your name again. My name is Casey Donaldson, sir. Casey, Casey Donaldson. Donaldson, sir. Casey Donaldson, sir. Casey Donaldson, sir. What? <laughs> oh, just Donaldson. Oh, you was calling me, sir. <laughs> Casey Donaldson, sir. Okay, ain't got no problem. A little bit long, but shorten it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for KC. I had to meet you here today. I wish I had the, the track, but never mind. There's just so many things to say. Woo, woo, woo to say. No, I say, please don't stop me. Can't go down there till I'm through. Sir, this is something I hate to do. Such a core, help me say, uh, we've been beating here so long. I guess what we done oh, was wrong. Uh, please, darling, don't you cry. Come here. Come right here. Come up here on stage. <laughs> now, let me teach you a couple of things. Because you're young. When you get a chance to show your gift, 
Show your gift. You just sing. Stop all this talking. Don't nobody know you. You ain't famous. Legends kiss. You know what I'm talking about? What is you talking for? Don't nobody know you, boy. Sing. Then you jump down here. You grab somebody's wife. Finna get your ass whipped. What's wrong with you? This a grown ass woman right here. She grown. Look at that woman. That's a grown ass woman. Now you know you got your arm around her. Finna get the shit beat out you. You sat up here and brought your ignorant ass up here to sing. Now you can sing, man, but see with too much in it. Just sing the song. Now let's do this with all all it. Cause see, we can once you jump down, we already don't know you. Now we can't see you. <laughs> He jumped your short ass down there like you like you tall. He jumped down there, he's shorter than the couch. Then he over there, let's just kiss, say goodbye. Now, give me another song and just sing one verse. Give me another song, because you got a decent voice. What can you sing with a, a Benjamin's is a Jamaican song, a Benjamin's I Love You Higher. What? I love you higher. A Benjamin of what? Benjamin Myers is a Jamaican song. Oh, it's a Jamaican song. Yes, sir. Well, I ain't fitting to know this. So I can't tell if he's singing it right or not. Because I ain't never heard it before. But um, you all know the song you're talking about? Cool. Now just stay right here. Don't go. All oh, right. What? So, um, you know, when the night has come. Hey, didn't I just tell you? I don't know a damn thing. I didn't say I could sing. I tell jokes. That's what I told you I'd do. I ain't finna help you out. I ain't finna do background for your little punk ass. Just sing the song, boy. Shit, him. These young ass people don't listen to shit you say no more. I just told his ass, stop all that saying. Let me ask you something. What is you asking me? Sing the Benjamin Bonica Africa, Jamaica song, whatever this is, boy. Sing that. Now, what you want? You gonna sing it? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead. One dream in my life, one dream of mine. That's what I waited for. Two dreaming of one. A love has begun, promising so much more. No one else can see that you're beautiful to me. Yes, I love you higher than anyone can count. No end to the amount of love I have and you inspire what love is all about and girl I can't live without your love no I love you higher good job man that's pretty good congratulations yeah just stay with it man keep working on your craft you'll be fine you're going to quit talking, just saying. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, 
uh, Casey Cabellini, sir. What I'm getting paid is not even worth it no more. I'm in a pain right now. You'd have no idea how bad that boy just hurt me. I don't know what that last song was he sang. Mama, Good afternoon, Mr. Steve Harvey. What flag is that? Antigua Barbuda! That's what? Antigua and Barbuda. Antigua? Yes, and Barbuda. That ain't here. <laughs> this is Jamaica. Yes, and where I am one of the Sagittarians, and I'm just representing Antigua Barbuda. Yeah. Anyway, I where, just. Where, that, where is that? Excuse me? Where is it? In the oh, East you Caribbean, three you and a half hours away. I just asked, where is it? Quick, wait a minute, hold up. I can ask her where it is. What's wrong, where is it? In the Caribbean. In the Caribbean? Yes. Just somewhere just in? Just a few hours away from here, and I just want to use this opportunity to invite you to Antigua. Oh, I ain't coming over there. Why? We have, we have 365 beaches. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna just be real with you. I ain't never seen the flag. I don't know what y'all do over there. I don't smoke weed. Ain't no need of me going. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, sweetheart. I'm just kidding with you. I love to go see it. Y'all got hotels? I don't want to get off the plane and have to stay at your mama's house. <laughs> All the hotels got blown away in the hurricane. You can stay at Big Mama's house. Huh? Oh, you mad? No, I met you earlier. Yeah, see, I remember faces. I met you. You're a very nice lady. Yeah, I come over to your house. Like, y'all got hotels, though? Can you give me something? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I can't come to your island right now because only good people go to heaven and I have to wait a while. You know I want to throw this on the floor, don't you? But, I, but I'm scared I don't know what it is. Oh, is this the flag? Okay, thank you, ma'am. I respect the flag. All right, that's it. we do one last question, that lady right there. Yes, ma'am. 
You ain't got the box. Where the box at? Watch it, watch it. Well, I guess y'all ready to go. Hit a damn box. Speak in the box. Okay, Good evening. go ahead. Good evening, Mr. Harvey. Up to Thursday, I had given up on my dream to move to the next level, and I must take this opportunity to thank you for reinstating my dream with immediate effect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I heard you said you want to contribute to 10 schools. Recently, a children's home was burnt down in Kingston, Jamaica, and they are trying everything possible to rebuild this home. Even though you are contributing to school, and this is a home, there are many school children there that, well, I don't want to say homeless. How, but how much them houses cost? I beg your pardon? How much the house cost? How much home? I, I have no idea. Ain't you asking for money? I have no idea, but as okay. a financial advisor. Just see my son over there. Just see my son and give him the information. Thank you so you much. Much do. appreciated. That's it. Ladies hey, y'all, again, thank y'all very much. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I really had a good time with y'all. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, and a round of applause for Mr. Steve Harvey. Show up. Shout out. What it do? Yeah. Pimpin'. Oh, boy. Can we all get a wow? This is, this is 62 and dripping. You know what I'm saying? Go on with it. Go on with it. Are you kidding me? When you tap into yourself and you do that SWOT analysis and you realize what your strengths are and you feed into it, you can be unstoppable. Once you have pulse, you have possibility. Once you're alive, you have hope. At any moment, you can decide, today's the day that I am going to take my life to the next level. We are colorless and borderless, but we can only become a timeless company, which is our other value, by truly living that vision. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna be brave. I'm gonna be fearless. Put the words in your phone. You need to have things that build your character and test you to take you to the next level. 
Oh, tell me something. How you get the new clocks, the daddy? Oh, which color that? Daddy no party. Oh, are you alone of the style, the daddy? The queen for England, I feel love of yardy. All right, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This year, we definitely turn the thing out. You know, when I get invited to places like this, and the theme is next level, I'm a cool person to bring to the show. You know why? Because I've been at every level. I've been at all of them. See, you look at me now, you see what God has been working on for 34 years. My career is 34 years old. You seeing 34 years of God working with me. Your gift will make room for you. You got to identify your God-given gift. If you don't identify your gift, you're gonna waste your time. Telling jokes is my gift. You know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. It'll make room for you. See, if you're not doing your gift, you're wasting your time.